Hi, this is Mo Oster, Misney's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. All eyes this week, of course, have been on the incoming results of the presidential election, which, as of this moment, still has not been decided, as votes continue to be counted in several battleground states across the country. Here in New York, there are also still a lot of uncertainties following Tuesday's elections. With tens of thousands of ballots still to be counted within many legislative districts across the state, Republicans stood a chance to pick up several seats in the New York State Senate to narrow the Democratic majority, which is currently at 40 Democrats to 23 Republicans. Republican candidates were winning in seven Senate districts currently held by Democrats, including three districts on Long Island one in Brooklyn, and three in the Hudson Valley. On the other hand, Democrats had a good chance to take three Senate districts currently held by Republicans, one in Buffalo and two in the Rochester area. There are also other competitive Senate races still too close to call in the Syracuse area and in the greater Capital District, where the number of outstanding ballots exceeds the difference in vote totals. With regard to New York's congressional delegation, after Tuesday night's election, Republican challengers to Democratic incumbents held a lead in three congressional seats, including one on Long Island, one on Staten Island, and one in the Mohawk Southern Tier area of the state. Again, I will caution that since there are so many mail-in ballots this year as compared to previous elections, it is really hard to fully predict what the outcome will be in all of these races. There is much information still to come in. In any event, even with these potential Republican gains, the New York State Assembly and the New York State Senate will still be governed by sizable Democratic majorities in 2021. And regardless of the outcome of these races, there are likely to be dozens of new legislators in Albany next year due to retirements as well as primary elections that occurred last year. Therefore, we'll need to have physicians continue to work to educate these new lawmakers on the litany of issues physicians are facing in delivering care to their patients. Please stay tuned for further updates on these races and what will be the makeup of the state legislature in 2021. I also ask you all to put on your calendar now for Tuesday, March 2nd for Disney's Virtual Lobby Day. Again, Tuesday, March 2nd. Plan is for the Lobby Day to operate as it has in past years, but via Zoom, where we will be providing programming in the morning, educating, inviting legislators, committee chairs, and others to provide educational programming in the morning. And in the afternoon, physicians, together with their county medical societies, will have meetings with their local state legislators. On the subject of elections, we are also paying close attention to New Jersey's referendum this week that approved legal sale of recreational marijuana. We are very concerned that this legalization will make it more likely that it would be improved in New York, where the governor has included legalization proposals in his last two executive budgets. The governor announced this week that he will again seek legalization next year. Misney had joined with the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Delaware medical societies in a statement raising strong concerns with various efforts for legalization, noting the public health harms in other states where it had been legalized, such as an increased traffic accidents and emergency room visits, plus an increase in youth usage in those states 
despite prohibiting its purchase to those under 21. Our concerns were noted in numerous media publications across the state of New York this week. In a bit of good news, this week, the governor's latest executive order, issued Tuesday night, contains a provision providing greater flexibility to physicians and other professionals to report positive and negative COVID and influenza tests to the New York State Department of Health. Physicians and labs will now be required to report these test results within 24 hours of the receipt of the results rather than three hours, as had been previously required in a September 21st notice from the New York State Commissioner of Health. MISNI, together with a pediatric family physician, internal medicine, emergency medicine, and urgent care associations, had strongly advocated for the commissioner and the governor's office to provide this additional flexibility. We thank all those physicians who took the time to send a letter to the governor and the commissioner of health from our grassroots action site, and to those who took the time to complete the MISNI survey, highlighting the challenges of complying with the three-hour rule. Turning now to our upcoming educational programs, please put on your calendar Wednesday, November 18th at 7.30 a.m. for our next Medical Matters program, COVID-19 Stories from the Frontline. Also, as we honor our veterans next week, please also plan to put on your calendar our next Veterans Matters webinar program relating to suicide in veterans on Monday, November 23rd at 7.30 a.m. with faculty Dr. Jack McIntyre. And we will have our annual Cross-Provider Veterans Matters educational program on December 5th, which we will do in conjunction with the New York State Psychiatric Association and the National Association of Social Workers. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this podcast, your support for your state and county medical society, and, of course, your commitment to your patients. Speak next week.